Hey, it's National Small Business Week. Even politicians celebrate small businesses, but then they turn around and impose policies that hurt small businesses. Go figure. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 84th episode, we're going to answer the question, why celebrate Small Business Week? But before we get to this, let's quickly answer that key question once more. The heck is the Press Club C? Anyway, each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics. Politics. Easy for me to say. R is for religion. Mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. Second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, author interviews, and so on. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. And U is for understanding lessons, for example, in history and economics. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that last C in Press Club C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And since we have to be very specific these days, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Now, before we get started, I want to mention if you enjoy my Pastor Stephen Grant novels, then you're going to, dare I say it, you're going to love Cathedral and Alliance of St. Michael novel. This is my 16th work of fiction and the first in the Alliance of St. Michael series. The Alliance of St. Michael brings together men and women with varied backgrounds and talents to work covertly against the two most significant threats to Christianity and Western civilization at the dawn of the 1930s. That's right, this is historical fiction. And those threats are communism and fascism. In this story in Moscow, the Cathedral of Christ the Savior is going to be obliterated to make way for the Palace of the Soviets. And all that was a real thing. The Alliance of St. Michael readies itself for its first mission, find and salvage a rare item of great significance from the cathedral before the building is lost. Now, there are two great ways you can pre-order or order, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, Cathedral, signed books, or over at RayKeatingOnline.com. And you can get the Kindle edition pre-order at Amazon.com. And then, of course, when everything goes live, you'll be able to get the paperback, the Kindle edition, and now a hardcover edition at Amazon.com. So I really appreciate the consideration. Now, let's get to Small Business Week. I'm recording this, obviously, during Small Business Week, and that's when it's going to be aired um, or posted but, um, you know, this is just, this is about small business. You can listen to it anytime you want. Um, in terms of national small business, everybody seems to have a week or a month, right? So why not small business? Uh, John F. Kennedy actually signed the first presidential, I guess, proclamation uh, declaring national small business week back in 1963. So it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, Joe Biden issued a proclamation on National Small Business Week 2022 at the end of April. Um, you know what? Let me read the opening paragraph to what uh, President Biden wrote. Uh, for generations, small businesses across America have shaped and embodied our nation's entrepreneurial spirit and driven our economy forward. Today, more than 32 million small businesses employ almost half of America's workforce and represent the heart and soul of countless communities. During National Small Business Week, we celebrate America's small businesses and their enormous contributions to American life and prosperity. Close quote. 
Okay, Joe, I'll agree with you on that one. Good stuff. Um, I'll come back to this at the end, though. So what's the deal, though? Why why are we celebrating, you know, as I said, the why are we celebrating small business, whether it's during National Small Business Week or at other times? Well, um, you know, you always hear politicians and other people say small business is a backbone of the American economy. And they actually are. <laughs> it's not one of those falsehoods. Uh, you know, when you look at the data in a whole host of areas, uh, America very much is a small business uh, economy. Um, give you some 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 numbers. This is going to be numbers rich, facts rich. This this podcast. Um, when you look at employ employer firms, right? There's uh, the most recent data we have is for 2019, so pre pandemic. Six point one million employer firms in the United States. Um, now almost, almost 79% have fewer than 10 employees, 89% fewer than 20 employees, 98.1% fewer than 100 employees and 99.7% have fewer than 500 employees. Now, when you factor in non-employer businesses, which are, you know, self-employed type of people, one person operation uh, latest da- data we have on that is that there's 26.5 million of, of those. So that tallies up to 32.6 million businesses, right? And when you add those non-employer businesses, that one woman, one man scenario, then uh, 98% of American businesses have fewer than 20 workers, right? And get this, out of 32.6 million businesses, only 20,868 have more than 500 or more employees. So let that sink in. 32.6 million businesses and only 20,000, a little over 20,000, almost 21,000, have 500 or more employees. So this is this is small business stuff. This is a small business economy. Uh, when you look at job creation, uh, 62% of net, New job creation since 1995, according to an S- the SBA's analysis, came from uh, smaller businesses, two-thirds uh, from tw- 2000 to uh, 2019, about two-thirds came from small businesses. Uh, 46.8% of private, in- private sector employees are employed at small businesses. You're getting the idea here, right, folks, Um, in terms of jobs and numbers. Now, what about innovation? You always hear about entrepreneurs um, providing a great amount of innovation into the economy, and they do. Um, You know, when you look at patents, uh, there's a higher rate of patents among uh, small firms, younger firms. Um, You know, there's a quote that I want to read. Uh, that puts this, so all those, I'm not going to bore you with all those numbers. Those are kind of mind numbing, but they're, they're solid in terms of showing that, um, smaller firms are, are very, uh, innovative, but this is from a book called better capitalism, renewing the entrepreneurial strength of the American economy, Robert Lighton and Charles Schramm. And they just offer the, serve up this, uh, this quote, which I'm going to read on uh, entrepreneurs throughout American history, basically. Entrepreneur, here it goes, quote, entrepreneurs, especially those founding scale companies that commercialize innovative products and services, 
are important not only for short-run cyclical recovery, but also for raising the long-run growth rate and thereby the rate of living standards improvement. The reason is straightforward. Entrepreneurs throughout modern economic history in this country and others have been disproportionately responsible for truly radical innovations. The airplane, the railroad, the automobile, electric service, the telegraph, the telephone, the computer, air conditioning, and so on, that not only fundamentally transformed consumers' lives, but also became platforms for many other industries that, in combination, have fundamentally changed entire economies. And then add into that, right, uh, when, when he talks about the computer, add into that the internet, uh, social uh, social networking, and so on, social networks, and so on. So all of that um, is driven by small business um, uh, and entrepreneurs. Um, you know, uh, the, the the now there has been. Well, let me a couple of other things, right? Let me just cite a couple of things when you look at. Uh, small business is a share of GDP. It's running at about uh, 44% is the most is the latest data that we have. So 44% of GDP can be attributed to small businesses. Um, everybody thinks that global trade is all about big business. Well, that's not the case when you look at the number of firms involved in exporting and importing. You know, for example, identified exporters, 97.4% uh, of fewer than 500 employees. Um, 76.3%, fewer than 20 employees. Very similar on the importing side of things. 76.7% uh, of identified importing firms have fewer than 20 employees, and 97.3% of importing firms have fewer than 500 employees. And remember, imports are not bad. They're not economic negatives. Also remember that nearly every import is an input to um, domestic businesses, whether it be manufacturers, uh, to, uh, to retail businesses. So imports matter a heck of a lot and are positive for our economy. Um, what else, you know, so there has been some decline though, um, in terms of entrepreneurship in the United States. And this has been a concern for me as I'm chief economist for a small business group. So no matter what data you look at, um, self-employment data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Census Bureau data, so on and so on. But they all seem to point to um, uh, small businesses, entrepreneurship kind of peaking in the United States, or at least still growing in the United States around 2006 to 2008, right in there. And then, you know, the Great Recession hit what we call the Great Recession, um, from the end of 2007 to the middle of 2009, the economy has really, really struggled to uh, bounce back from that. Growth was underperforming. And then, of course, we got hit with the pandemic economy. Um, so the economy has been hit hard. Small businesses have been hit hard. Entrepreneurship has been hit hard. However, there's a, there's a, a ray of hope here, which I find fascinating, um, new business applications, right? The, you know, applications for tax IDs, employer identification numbers. Um, we have data on this going back to July of 2004. And what's fascinating is that post pandemic, you know, the pandemic hit 
And then coming out of it, and since then, new business applications have skyrocketed to record levels, uh, levels that we did not see previously in the data. So, and, and it, there are two, there's the broad, you know, applications, you know, the broadest, the, the total number. And then within that, they, um, there's, there are numbers, there's a set of data called high propensity business applications. And those are the ones that are identified as being most likely to develop into businesses that hire people, right? That have employees. So to recap here, these are just business applications. They're not actual businesses. So you've got people apparently during the pandemic, pandemic hit, and you've got people either saying, oh, boy, I lost my job, so I have to start a small business. I have to start a business. Or, you know, I've, I've seen what working from home, for example, is like, and maybe I can run my own business. I've had a taste of independence, right? Um, so maybe, so I think you've got a mix of people at least thinking about entrepreneurship that didn't before. Some of them are forced to do it right? What I call people that get pushed at the into the entrepreneurial waters. And there are others that are thinking about it like, hey, this might be a great option for me in terms of my career. So they're the ones that I like to say dive into the entrepreneurial waters. So without getting into the, the uh, you know, the, the details here, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you folks here. The point is that new business applications have skyrocketed. Now we have to see if those new business applications actually develop into real businesses. Okay. Now that takes us to all the way around to, um, um, policies, um, you know, from, from the federal level, all the way down to the town level, right? There are a lot of things that come, let me back to a a lot of things that come into play in terms of whether you're going to uh, become an entrepreneur or not. I've already mentioned some of them, but, Part of the equation certainly is policy making. Does government make it easier or more difficult to start up your own business, for people to invest in your business, to grow that business, develop, hire people, right? Um, now, uh, let me read from Small Business Week proclamation from 1988 from President Reagan. Now, I, I read from Joe Biden's before. So this is part of what Reagan had to say back in 1988. The development of new enterprises depends on many factors, including the hopes, dreams, and hard work that have always characterized America's entrepreneurs. But it also depends on a climate hospitable to small business, a climate marked by a lack of government interference in the marketplace, low taxes, low interest rates, and the basic freedom to strive for and create progress, prosperity, and opportunity for ourselves and our fellow Americans. Government, servant of the people, must make sure that it does not harm that climate, which is so necessary to our nation's well-being and future. Close quote. Ronald Reagan, spot on with that, right? So, um, you know, as I said at the very beginning, kind of like a Weisenheimer, a wise guy comment, uh, you know, every politician on both sides of the political aisle will say that they love small businesses. But then the question is, what do their policies actually do, right? Do they help or hinder? Um, I think when you look at what's going on right now, um, you know, as I sit here recording this in early May of 2022, 
um, the Biden White House and the Congress are pushing measures like that focus on higher taxes, that focus on increased regulation, that focus on a greater government role in the economy. None of those things are good for small businesses. It's not good for entrepreneurship. It's not good for people that want to invest in entrepreneurial firms, startups, and and smaller firms that are growing, right? You have to have to understand, you know, how this all works together, right? When, when you talk about, I support small business, well, that's great. Do your policy support it? As I said, taxes, regulations, do all those things help or hinder small businesses. But it's not just small businesses themselves. Small businesses, for example, need financing, right? They need funds to uh, start up and grow. So then you have to ask the question, are your policies hurting raising costs for investors? Um, that's critical. Um, so is, are your policies making it difficult to hire people, right? Making it more costly. Um, all of these things come into play when you're talking about whether you're, a, uh, an ally or an enemy, if you will, of small business from a policy perspective. So there's a lot to think about here. You know, when you, when you hear, uh, politicians talking about how much they love small business, whether it's during national small business week or anytime during the year, you know, check out what do they actually support? in terms of their policy making, are they, you know, actually supporting, uh, you know, tax and regulatory relief, real substantive permanent tax and regulatory relief that will help incentivize entrepreneurship and investment, or are they, they just, you know, they just saying, oh yeah, I love small business, but then, uh, imposing policies that work against, um, you know, higher taxes, more regulation and so on. So just be informed, right? Think about how small businesses work, um, how they're funded, and then look at the policies uh, of those folks that represent you, whether it be, again, at the federal level in Congress, all the way down to the town council. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Um, please check out, you know, along these lines, my new nonfiction book, The Weekly Economist, 52 Quick Reads to Help You Think Like an Economist. Um, that should help, I think, on, on a topic like this that we're talking about. Um, you just take a few minutes once a week to read The Weekly Economist. And in a year, I hope, you'll be thinking much more like an economist. And again, there are two great ways to order The Weekly Economist. You can go over to, for signed books at Ray Keating Online, or you can go over to Amazon.com and get the Kindle, the paperback, or the hardcover uh, edition. So I hope you'll consider that, along with my new novel, Cathedral. And hey, also, my pastor Stephen Grant, Thrillers and Mysteries, there are 15 of those out there, and there are more coming. Uh, other nonfiction books recently, Free Trade Rocks. Uh, my collection of essays is called Behind Enemy Lines. Um, also, if you um, find it interesting, go over and check out my Disney Biz Journal website. Uh, so there's a lot that I'm doing. Sometimes I think I might be doing too much. <laughs> I enjoy it all, thankfully, and I'm blessed in that way. Thanks so much, folks, for listening, and God bless. <laughs>